We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit. Amen? Say, but Caleb. Say it with me. But Caleb. Say it again. But Caleb. But Caleb had a different spirit. Hallelujah. I love this story. We live in hard times today, don't we, in America? There's a lot of things that are hard. There's spiritual apathy everywhere. If you look at statistics all around our nation among all denominations, church attendance has tragically dropped off in our nation. It's at an all-time low. Moral decline is plummeting. Caleb was born in captivity. He was born in captivity. He understood what it meant to be a captive. We today are experiencing a lot of captivity in our nation. People are in captivity even though they live in a free nation. But spiritually they are held captive by sin. We have an all-time increase in immorality, sexual immorality. We have an all-time increase in addictions of every kind. Whether they are alcoholic, gambling, sexual addictions, pornography. We have an all-time high of gossiping and backbiting, envy, jealousy, strife. The enemy seems to be coming in like a flood in America. And churches are backing up. And they're going, wait a minute, we don't want to say anything that's too harsh. But I believe we need to let people understand there is freedom. Freedom. I wouldn't want any of my friends to be in captivity. I would want them to be free. I tell you what, Caleb understood bondage, captivity, but then God set his nation free. Now they have the freedom to walk and do whatever they want to do. And I got to tell you, a free man is a dangerous man. A free woman is a dangerous woman. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm dangerous. I'm dangerous. Yeah. A free man took five stones they said, I'm not going to be bound by all the people over here saying it cannot be done. But a free man got five stones and said, hey, I'm going after this giant. And he took him down and he had four more stones because he was waiting for the other four brothers to come after him. That's what a free man does. A free man says, hey, wait a minute. The furnace isn't quite so hot today. I'm not going to bow like everybody else is going to bow. I'm going to stand up for my God because I'm free. And they found out the furnace wasn't that hot. Because there was a fourth man walking around free. What? A free man can shut the mouth of a lion. 
I'm free. You may put me down in this den, but I'm still free. I'll just use the lion for a pillow tonight. Why? A free man can begin to do things and is dangerous. All hell knows this. Because there was a free man by the name of Jesus Christ who freely hung on the cross and said, It is finished. I've come to give liberty and life to everybody who will call upon my name. Come on. He's dangerous today. And you're dangerous because Jesus Christ is in you. You have life. You have liberty today. We are free because God has set us free. The problem is the church doesn't understand that. John chapter 8 verse 36 says this. So if the Son sets you free, what are you? You are free indeed. Are we praising like it? Are we living like it? Come on. Anybody here today dangerous? Anybody here today tired of bondages? You're tired of sin? You're tired of politics? Come on. I'm not free today because of a donkey or an elephant. I'm free today because there was a man who was the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he said his blood. And I'm set free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The truth sets you free. Revelation chapter 1, 5 and 6 says this. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. The firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. That's a pretty good resume right there. To him who loves us. Hallelujah. His love chased you down. Chased me down. And he has freed us from our sins by his blood. And he has made us to be a kingdom. Hallelujah. I've got something burning on my heart for next week already. You know we are not of this world. We are of a different kingdom. We live by different standards. We live by different rules. He's made us a kingdom and priests to serve the God and Father. To Him be glory and power forever and ever. Say it. Amen. Amen. To Him be glory and power. Romans 8 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I preached about it last week. Now. No opportunities wasted. This morning I'm going to give you some opportunities. Don't you waste them. Don't you waste them. We are living in a season, I believe, of spiritual freedom. But the church is apathetic to a point. Well, we don't want to talk about sex. And we don't want to talk about bondage. And we don't want to talk about alcohol and gambling. Because we need to sit back. We don't want to say too many offensive things. There's a world in captivity saying, somebody give me a key. Somebody open the door. Somebody let me out. And the key is Christ. And the key is Jesus Christ. And we've got that key. We can set people free. We can set them free. Now, no opportunities wasted. Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. Caleb, this is what it says about him. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of land, for we can certainly do it. Wow. 
I'm telling you, I kind of like this guy. You know the story, right? Twelve spies. I mean, this guy was in bondage, and now he's been set free. And God said, I've given you a promised land. Twelve spies went in to see what was going on. They came back. Ten of them, 83%, said, uh, 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 Pastor Moses, we probably shouldn't be doing this. Because what we saw was some really big giants over there. The other uh, two, 17%, said, hey, Pastor Moses, we saw some giant grapes over there. And we can do this because God has already given it to us. Tell you what, I'm going to start preaching in just a minute. Caleb, he saw what others did not see. Now listen, what you go through will determine where you go. What you go through. Anybody gone through hell in here today? Come on. I mean, hell has come against you. You've gone through all kinds of hell, all kinds of storms, all kinds of trials. All kinds of tough times. Anybody here, raise your hand. That's me. Been there, done that, going through it right now. Come on. There's a reason for it. There's a reason why this man in captivity comes over here and sees freedom and goes, we can do this. Because where he had been, what he had been through, will determine where he's going. I do not want to live in captivity. I don't want to get stuck in this desert. I want to go over there where it's flowing with milk and honey. 17%. 83% going, oh, well, I don't know if we can do this, Pastor, because there's a lot of obstacles and this is going to be a lot of work and, and it's going to be hard. And, and, and uh, come on, we're going to have to pray and, and we're going to have to actually do something. And we're going to have to actually serve and show up early and leave late. It's a lot of trouble. 17%. Come on, Pastor. Preach me something that'll get me set free. Give me something that'll get me out of my bondage. Give me something that I can hold on to this week. Because when all hell comes against me, I'm going to rise up with the power and the burning of the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to destroy the Time, here's what I got. Storm time is over. Come on, <laughs> Peace be still. There's a reason and a purpose for everything we go through. Caleb could not be quiet. 83% got bad news. You got those in your life? 83% of people telling you bad news. But you got 17%. I read a new statistic this week. This is what really fit. I'm a, this is crazy. It used to be, you know, kind of 60-40 in the church. 60% of the people did nothing. 40% did everything. Now you know what the statistics are. 20% of the people are giving most of the giving. Doing most of the serving. Doing most of the work. And 80% of the people are doing nothing. 
We got a bunch of dangerous people not being dangerous. We got some weapons, but I don't want to put any bullets in it. I don't want to get loaded up and ready. Come on. We got to get 83% joining the 17% because we get 100% of this church saying I'm dangerous. Watch out. We don't do something for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Man, every pastor's going, oh, if I could just get 30%. Wow, come on. What would happen if 100% tithes? Don't stop shouting, mommy. Yeah. What would happen when 100% of us pray? What would happen if 100% of us begin to cry out, oh God, we can certainly do this. We can certainly do this. I've seen something and I cannot be quiet. I cannot be quiet. Wow. I don't know the future, but here's what I do know. I joined my brother Caleb. I want to be free to be free. I don't want to be free to be bound up in the desert. I don't want to be free to sit around and not get what God's called me to get and what God's already given me. I know this, that my Redeemer lives. Caleb didn't say, we might can do this. Well, I hope we can do this. Well, I, I think we can do this. He said, we can certainly do this. PCA, First Assembly of God, I'm telling you today, God has put a vision in this house and a vision in this church. And I'm tired of people saying, we can't do anything. Come on, we got God on our side. He's showing us what he wants us to be and what he wants us to do. It's time to say, I'm dangerous. Get out of my way. I'm dangerous. The Bible says it's not me. The Bible says, I know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I know that no weapon formed against me will prosper. I know that the latter glory will be greater than the former glory. And I know it is not by might, it is not by power, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. Come on. Anybody who goes to see Jacked up. 
Come in with an attitude. I'm going to do what I want to do. You can't tell me what to do. Come in drunk. Drugs. Sexual immoralities. 83% of the people says, well, you know what, Pastor? We, we're going to have to have a little talk with our son and our daughter. We need to figure out a way to be able to persuade them that, that they shouldn't ought to try to do something like that. 17% said, hey, wait a minute. Let's get on our knees before God for just a minute. When they were born, we carried them into the house of God and we offered them up to God and we said, God, they are not ours, they're yours. 17% get on their knees and said, hey, wait a minute. What hell's trying to destroy? What hell's trying to bring into my house? Wait a minute, this is my house. And as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, I'm not going to listen to 83%. I'm telling you, these are your kids, God, and they are mine. And today we take them back, and this is how we live in my house. It's time for parents to get loud again. Parents are getting too quiet. The church is being quiet. The parents are being quiet. I used to think that praise had to do with culture. I did when I was little. I thought, well, the rich people, they all go to the other churches because in the assemblies of God, when I was growing up, nobody's rich. We all poor. So the rich people, they, they, their culture was, shh. And then us assembly of God folks, well, we're poor, so we're loud. I thought we were until I went to an African-American church. Well, I guess the darker your skin, the louder you get. But then I realized something. That the praise has nothing to do with culture, your socioeconomic status, the pigmentation in your skin. The amount of praise that you have has to do with how much hell has come against you and you came out shouting.
says, I gave to him. Wow. But Caleb. We've got a lot of people who believe in generational curses. I believe in generational blessings. Your past generations will affect you. The Bible says this. Three to four generations are affected by one generation. And so if you are here today and you have issues, had issues with drugs, sexual immorality, alcoholism, gambling, uh, porn pornography, all those. If you've had those tendencies of gossiping, backbiting, envy, strife, whatever they are, the, the sins that tend to be your weakness, you need to look back at the past generations. Because yeah. right. they gave that to you. We need to understand that. I'm struggling with some things today. i got to look at my dad, my grandpa, and my great-grandpa. Because they brought this in here. But I also believe in generational blessings. That I can break the curse. That I can be saying, hey, I've got a different spirit than the past generations do. And I can stop this thing in its track. And the Bible tells me that I, if I do that, I will be a blessing to the next ten generations. I'm not living today just for me. I got a daughter and a son. And they have a husband and a wife. And I've got grandkids that I'm living for today. That I'm preaching for today. That I'm fighting for today. Because all hell is going to come against them. But I want them to know they got a daddy. They got a grandpa. They got a great grandpa that stood up. And I will fucking fight. I'm fighting for the next generation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not here for myself. But there's others that are depending on me. On the freedoms that I have. Caleb was there with a different spirit. And there are all kinds of spirits in the world today. But there is one spirit that is greater. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost. And when you read about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, there's always three things that it talks about. Freedom. Holiness. And power. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Ghost. Because if you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, whichever generation you're a part of, whatever socioeconomic and cultural background you're comfortable with, if you have Him, you have freedoms. You have, because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. Today you have freedom to clap and shout and praise God. There is holiness. We live by a different standard than the world does. And there is power. You are dangerous. And all hell wants to shut you up. And all hell wants to shut you down. And I'm free. And I will not look. And I will not listen at the 83%. But I'm going to look and listen to the 17%. Yes. 
Because the anointing of the Holy Spirit. David said, you come against me with shield and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. The Holy Spirit kills giants. Cools down the furnaces. Releases captives. Anybody here been through hell and been set free? If that's you today, give him a hand clap of praise. Come on. I love this. Of the men who went to explore the land. Remember the 12? Here's what the Bible says. Only Joshua. Numbers 1438. Only Joshua, son of Nun. And Caleb, son of Jephunneh, survived. Think about it. Uh, where's the 83%? They're gone. <laughs> I want you to think about this. What you do and see today will determine how long you live tomorrow. Can you just, I want you to get this picture. Joshua and Caleb and the others went in when they were 40 years old. Caleb was 40. He comes back, Pastor Moses, we can certainly do it. Against you. 
tried to destroy you. It's tried to destroy me. Some of you should not be here today. If the enemy had his way, some of you would be in jail right now. Come on. If the enemy had his way, some of you would be right now laying up in some room somewhere on a high from drugs. Drunk out of your mind. Maybe laying over here because you've gambled all your money away and you've got nothing. If the enemy had his way, you would be destroyed of your reputation. Because there's been people who've been trying to come against you and all hell has tried to destroy you because he knows that if you get a hold of the truth, he knows that if you get your weapons, that God has holiness and freedom and power. He knows that you are one dangerous man and woman of God. Hallelujah. He wants to shut you up and shut you down. And the plans that the enemy had to take you out, God has a plan to take you in. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that today? Come on. Let's give a praise in this house. Hallelujah. I wonder today. What happens if the church begins to say we can certainly do it? Come on. Think about it, church. What happens today if we say, hey, why am I in this jail? Well, it's because that jailer needs to hear you worship. While your back is still bleeding and while your head and your hands are still in bondage, oh, I'm free. My hands may be in these stocks, but I can still lift my hands. My head may be facing down, but my heart is up. You may beat my back, but you cannot beat the praise of And at the midnight hour, Paul and Silas begin to worship God with their backs laid open in stocks and bonds in the innermost part of the prison when all hell tried to shut them up. They begin to praise God and all of a sudden, God begin to shake that house. And God says, I want there to be freedom when there is bondage and set of free. And the whole place, everybody got free. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. What a PCA this morning. Somebody says, Pastor, right now, I'm going through hell, but I'm not going to stay seated. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to lift my hands. I tell you what, you can't stop my praise. You can't stop my shout. You can't stop me. I'm free. I'm free. Anybody here? Come on. Come on, stand up. Stand up right now. If that's you, stand up and begin to give you praise right now. Come on. 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 Come on.
And he said, he silenced the crowd. He said, we can certainly do this. I've had it where my kids come home messed up and jacked up. And I did not call grandpa, grandma. I did not call a pastor. I did not call the church or the congressman. I got on my knees and I declared, here's what the word costs. God brought them home. I didn't. And now my kids, they're taking a stand. They're saying, as for me and my house, he tried to destroy us. But what the enemy meant for destruction, I had a reason for going through it. God turned it around for good in my life. Come on. And God is Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.